Welcome to the Theological Touchpoints podcast. I'm Julian. The focus for this episode is Touchpoints at the intersection of biblical theology and everyday life. Critical race theory purports to provide a helpful framework for recognizing racism, exposing injustice, and providing effective solutions to promote equality and justice. In previous episodes, we've discussed some of the reasons why CRT fails to accomplish its purpose. Does CRT really exceed God's way of reconciling all people through the gospel? I think not. This is the fourth episode of a miniseries I am doing on the Sword and Trumpet Colloquy that was held in April of 2022, entitled Justice in a Biblical Perspective, Critical Theory's Influence Among Anabaptists, and What the Bible Teaches Us About Living Lives of Equity and Justice. The main speakers were Hans Mast, Nathan Zook, and me. This episode is a sort of bonus episode. We will not be reviewing recordings from the event like we have in previous podcasts, but we'll instead be discussing some of the ways the biblical gospel eradicates racism and promotes unity far beyond what critical race theory can do. Given the time constraints of the conference, we were not able to present all aspects of the biblical positive that supersedes CRT. But that is our goal for today. In this episode, we will discuss a few more problems with CRT and look in-depth at God's solution for everything that ails us, the gospel. The conversation surrounding CRT is a bit convoluted, and it can be difficult to really drill down and figure out what the core issues are, uh, no matter who you're talking to, whether it's a proponent of CRT or somebody who's opposed to it. In my opinion, there are two foundational problems of CRT uh, that make it difficult for me to see it as a as helpful for the Christians in uh, approaching the world God has made, and particularly in addressing uh, the issue of racism. Uh, the first foundational problem of CRT is that it is built on a unbiblical foundation. And now, this is not new in our discussion, and if you've been listening to uh, the podcasts uh, so far, this is now the fourth on uh, on the colloquy on critical theory. If you've been tracking with us so far, uh, some of these ideas will be familiar. I'm going to rehearse them again for our benefit. Uh, first, CRT is built on an unbiblical foundation. Uh, critical race theory is, uh, simply put, is not taught in Scripture. Uh, concepts of justice and compassion are Uh, but not CRT's definition of these concepts. If we are Christians committed to Scripture, we must be wary of any worldview that isn't built on the clear teachings of the Word of God. Essential truth must not just be compatible with Scripture, but it must arise from it. As some may argue that CRT is compatible with Scripture and is therefore helpful. I will argue back that CRT is not taught in Scripture and is therefore unnecessary. We could discuss a host of other issues regarding CRT as far as uh, what we could uh, perceive, observe as being wrong with it, um, such as CRT being fundamentally unjust, uh, fundamentally racist. Um, It is on a a practical level ineffective and divisive and so forth. Uh, But at the end of the day, the question we must ask is is not whether or not CRT works, um, is not whether or not CRT is uh, compatible with Scripture, is not whether or not CRT is consistent, uh, but the question we must ask is whether or not CRT is taught by Scripture. If not, we must set it to the side as impotent to serve the Lord's purposes in building His 
church. CRT is nowhere laid out in Scripture. Some of the concepts of CRT can be found in Scripture, but they are not defined, they are not explained the way CRT would like to see them um, taught and explained, and it's only if we come to Scripture with CRT uh, glasses uh, that we can see CRT within uh, the, the text of Scripture. To argue that CRT is a biblical concept and to argue that responsibly, I would say, is a uh, fool's errand especially when we uh, take the concepts within the whole of Scripture and the way uh, God presents the truth of the gospel, the truth of how his people are called to live. Um, CRT is uh, clearly not proposed by Scripture as a, a necessary concept for the Christian life. Um, so it's, it's, it's not found within Scripture. Again, we could, you know, some people might argue that it's compatible with Scripture and is is good. It's a helpful tool in addition to Scripture, um, but I would say that if it does not arise out of Scripture, um, it is not fundamentally necessary for us to understand the world God has made and to understand how God has called us to live. Uh, never mind the other issues of CRT's incompatibility with uh, clear biblical teachings. Through and through, CRT is the world's ideas with the world's solutions. Uh, compared to biblical Christianity, CRT has a different starting point, a uh, different approach. CRT and biblical Christianity have two different authorities. CRT is built on an unbiblical foundation. Uh, the, the second foundational problem of CRT I want to bring up is that it distracts from the gospel. And what I'm hoping to zoom in on in these is to cut through all the complicated arguments of uh, CRT's effectiveness, of uh, CRT's uh, helpfulness in understanding issues and all that, and look at it more from a biblical theological lens and say, how do we understand the theories of CRT in light of Scripture? And so, first of all, we, we should understand that it does not arise out of the text of Scripture. Secondly, we need to be aware of how uh, a focus on CRT can distract us from the gospel. Uh, some of our people are reaching as far as they can toward CRT, trying to include as much of it as possible in their worldview, um, maybe while rejecting the overtly unbiblical, uh, anti-biblical concepts of CRT, um, the Marxist origins and uh, the, the socialist dynamics of, of CRT, and even uh, the political aspect of CRT, uh, CRT being developed in the legal spheres and now moving to the f political spheres. Um, and we see it primarily in our culture being active in politics, which most of our people, most Anabaptists would have nothing to do with or uh, very little to do with uh, politics. And so our people are, are trying to pull in CRT ideas, um, anything that isn't uh, expressly opposed to Scripture, uh, but all that time and attention spent trying to understand CRT is time and attention not spent growing in godliness and uh, distracts us from our primary purpose. Addressing racism is not the primary responsibility of the church. The primary responsibility of the church is to uh, spread the gospel, is to love each other, is to be unified within the body of Christ. Um, that doesn't mean we... Uh, sidestep the issue entirely, but when it becomes the central aspect, the central uh, pillar, as it were, of what Christianity is, is about, uh, we begin to uh, drift from a focus on the truth and the focus on the gospel of Christ. 
CRT has nothing to offer the Church of Christ, and courting it will only lead us away from the truth. A couple other issues of CRT, one being that it has an unbiblical understanding of justice. A biblical understanding of justice is treating people according to who they are and what they have done, uh, treating them on an individual basis. It requires getting involved in individual people's lives, uh, knowing what's going on, and then being equipped to relate to them as individuals and to be compassionate toward their individual experiences and be willing to confess sin where we have indeed sinned, but it it treats issues on an individual level versus a systemic level, as CRT does. CRT integrationists appeal to the Bible for principles of justice. Uh, Scripture speaks often of justice, and some verses can be taken as compatible with CRT's understanding of justice, but their argument is often a convenient one, not a diligent one, nor a thorough one. By that I mean they, they find verses that seem to fit with their view. Um, as I mentioned earlier, looking at Scripture with CRT lenses on, uh, but it really doesn't arise out of the text. It's, it's imposed on the text of Scripture. By God's standard, injustice is wrong, whether leveraged against the poor or against the rich. CRT, on the other hand, is only concerned about leveraging itself against the rich for the benefit of the poor or stripping the privileged while privileging the outcasts. It neglects the biblical categories of legitimately acquired riches and legitimately earned poverty. Or to translate it into church terms, CRT is only concerned about silencing privileged leaders and platforming minorities, neglecting considerations of legitimate leadership and biblical submission, um, also neglecting the authority of the Word of God and seeing the truth of the Word of God as a supreme in the Church of Christ above what, what anyone has to say, um, no matter who they are. Uh, the truth of God stands as the absolute in every situation. So the CRT proponent will look at Scripture and see where Scripture speaks of justice and will say, well, justice is a biblical concept. We need to be seeking justice. We need to be seeking equity and, uh, and deal with the systemic problems as CRT speaks of it. Um, but there's a distinction between the biblical view of, of justice, especially in, um, in making things right, in the disbursement of goods, the distinction between the biblical view and CRT's view. Um, CRT, for one, presumes the one who has goods is guilty for doing so. Uh, the assumption is if you have something, you've gotten that by taking advantage of somebody else. Um, his goods are his wrongfully, so he is obligated to share. Um, I would say in contrast to that, biblically, the worker is worthy of his wages. And there's no sin in rightfully earned possessions. Of course, again, where people have been genuinely taken advantage of, people have been ostracized, people have been wrongly treated, um, that is a sin. Uh, but good hard work, earning a, a fair wage, um, there's no sin in that and uh, in, in having possessions. The commands in Scripture for the privilege to share their possessions don't ascribe guilt to the one who has more than enough. This is a key distinction between the biblical perspective and CRT's perspective. Again, CRT assumes that if you have possessions, if you have more than what somebody else has, you've gotten that uh, through uh, oppression, through taking advantage of somebody somewhere, and therefore you are obligated to share that which you've wrongfully gotten with somebody else who ought to have it and doesn't. Scripture does 
uh, command us to be willing to share, talks to, to the rich um, and, and tells them to be willing to share out of what they have. Um, James and John, First John especially, both talk about the need to share, to not just speak, um, but to care for physical needs in an expression of biblical love. But where that approach is different than CRT's approach is it is the overflow of a gospel-informed and gospel-transformed life where we love others the way God has loved us, giving out of what we have so they can benefit. It's, it's a giving out of excess, not because we're obligated, but because we have and they don't, and we uh, seek to uh, share the love of Christ with them by, by sharing what we have. Biblically, it is not a sin to have. It is a sin to be greedy. We must be willing to share. But again, it is not a sin to to have possessions necessarily. It's wrong to put our, our worth in them. It's wrong to put our confidence in them. And again, it's wrong to be greedy with them. Um, but it is not wrong to legitimately earn, earn a wage. Uh, we must diligently do as much good for others as we can. And that's biblical. That's not CRT. Generosity and love are biblical themes. Those who have should share with those who have not, when there is need and when there is opportunity. That must be kept in balance with the value of good hard work, uh, the principles of biblical stewardship, and the principle of Scripture that the one who will not work is not worthy to eat. Generosity arises from gospel love, not from systemic coercion. So I mentioned a little bit ago that by God's standard, injustice is wrong, whether leveraged against the poor or against the rich. That principle is laid out in Exodus 23, verses 1 through 9, which says, You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice. You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden, and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. You shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute. Keep yourself far from a false matter. Do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. And you shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. And the, the principle, in essence, that I want to pull out of these verses is uh, given, first of all, where it says, you shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. And then as it goes on to say, you shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute. So in the first, you shall not show partiality to a poor man. Uh, the principle is, according to justice, the principle is a poor man um, who is failing in his obligation or who has done wrong, who has, has broken a law or uh, whether in, in stealing or cheating or in refusing to do that which he committed to do. And justice means not favoring that man, um, even though he, he is in a bad way, and not doing injustice to uh, whoever has been wronged against in order to benefit the poor. Um, in my opinion, uh, CRT does a whole lot of that, of uh, showing partiality to a poor man. Again, we should not minimize the the importance of being merciful, of being gracious, of being uh, generous. Um, but in the discussion of what is just and what is right, um, God gives the principle here that it is wrong to favor someone 
uh, in in a dispute, um, even if he is poor, even if he needs it, um, that that doesn't justify injustice toward uh, the one who maybe uh, has more but has been wronged against. Um, on the flip side, he also says, God in Exodus 23 says, you shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute. I'm um, giving the balancing principle that it is also wrong to to legislate against the poor, uh, to judge against the poor when they have been legitimately wronged. Um, don't favor the person you like, don't favor the rich, uh, but be fair to the poor man when he has a legitimate dispute and uh, protect his rights and protect his uh, property and, and whatever else. So the biblical principle of justice is giving someone what they deserve. Uh, the poor is to be neither favored nor maligned in judgment, and the same goes for the rich. And so CRT's understanding of justice is more of an equality of everybody has the same thing. What I would see is more the biblical concept is people getting what they deserve. Again, that's in terms of what is just. Um, now, the Christian has an obligation beyond that then to uh, love the people around them, to meet needs as they can, and particularly within the body of Christ, to care for each other. One other issue that I would see with CRT, or particularly those who are attracted to CRT, um, there seems to be a wrong understanding of how change in the culture happens. And the question here is, do we change people by changing the culture, or do we change the culture by changing the people? CRT attempts to change people, the individuals, by changing the culture, what is identified as systemic problems. And the premise is, if we get the culture right, the people will follow. Uh, let's take care of these issues on a broad scale, and the individuals uh, will find their place eventually, find their way to the right eventually. Um, I believe the Christian's approach is that the culture changes through people being changed. And that happens by the gospel. As God uh, gets a hold of people through the gospel, transforms them by the grace of the Spirit working in them, the new birth. And uh, as people are changed by the work of God, which happens uh, as the gospel is proclaimed and accepted and believed and lived out, um, that's how the culture changes. Um, CRT, again, attempts to change people by means of the culture. Uh, gospel change is it begins with uh, change on an individual level, and through that, the culture also will be changed. Um, there's also the question of, is culture change enough? Uh, yes, there are problems in our culture. Uh, yes, there are things that are not the way they, they're supposed to be. Um, yes, we should do what we can to change that, um, as long as it does not come at the expense of our primary obligation of maintaining uh, the truth of the gospel. CRT is just one more attempt to accomplish human peace and unity and reconciliation apart from Christianity, Scripture, and the cross. At its core, CRT denies that human change is possible, appealing to methods, systems, and so forth, rather than appealing to the gospel. A right understanding of change is that God alone changes lives. Let's look a bit at the positive, the means to biblical unity, and that comes through the gospel. Right understanding, the gospel begins with a right understanding of the problem, that being sin. 
um, as we think about what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with people specifically, uh, why we have problems in relationship, why we have problems in society, uh, why racism has happened, and we could debate whether or not uh, what's going on right now constitutes racism, uh, whether or not racism has happened in the past is surely not up for debate. But when answering the question of what's wrong with our world, uh, Scripture consistently points to one thing, and that is our sin. Uh, Not social ills, not unjust systems, not uh, racism, uh, but the root problem is sin. Uh, Racism is a result of sin. We are born children of Adam, born with a sin nature, born with a propensity to sin, uh, born, as Scripture says, slaves to sin. And one of the outworkings of sin is in our lives is that we prefer ourselves over others. Uh, in a general sense, we discriminate um, in order to advantage ourselves over against others. This takes a variety of forms, racism being one of them. Uh, but sin if nothing else, sin turns us inward, focuses on ourselves, where we use others for our own benefit rather than giving of what we have for the benefit of others. And so racism is a result of that attitude. Racism is a result of sin. And thus, the only solution to racism is dealing with sin. Now, it's important we understand a sin is not just what we do. A sin is who we are. We aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. Sin flows from the inside out, not from the outside in. And so the only solution to the outside issues, the issues in the world and the issues in our own lives, is to be changed inside. The problem, uh, the core problem of, of everything that's wrong with the world is, uh, is man's sin. Our fallen nature that causes us to live our lives for ourselves, and to um, take advantage of others in order to benefit ourselves. Um, So we need a right understanding of the problem of being sin in order to then rightly understand the solution, and that solution being the cross of Christ. Sin is the cause of all human discord, and the cross is the only solution. Only when the problem of human sin is dealt with do we have any basis for unity and peace. Until heart change happens, there can be no unity between clashing ethnicities. It is what God does in the gospel to change us from the inside out that then uh, enables unity where there was once conflict. We also need a right understanding of the church. Uh, There's no better text for this than Ephesians 2, uh, verses 14 through 22. Um, I I referenced these verses in the first episode on the colloquy, but I think it bears repeating here. This text is just so helpful in in understanding how uh, all differences are resolved in the gospel. Ephesians 2, verses 14 through 22, He himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father." 
Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Our unity in the gospel ought to break down all man-made barriers. Paul, in this context, speaks of the reconciliation of the Jews and Gentiles. Uh, This division between Jews and Gentiles was God-ordained, and this is a divide that had existed for uh, 1,500 years. How did God reconcile the Jews and the Gentiles? He did so by reconciling them to himself. In Christ, both Jews and Gentiles are reconciled to God. That vertical reconciliation produces horizontal reconciliation. Uh, CRT advocates might look at this and say, well, uh, we are reconciled in the gospel. Doesn't that mean we should be seeking restitution as CRT says? I don't believe so, and I don't think CRT's definition of restitution and reconciliation fits with this passage. Uh, For CRT seeks reconciliation by justice. Uh, reconciliation by redistribution um, based on perceived injustices, with the idea that once everything is made right, then people will get along again. It is in, uh, in attempting to counter the wrong that reconciliation happens, and it is only when everything is equal uh, that things are uh, perceived as being uh, as they should be. The gospel, in contrast, accomplishes reconciliation by forgiveness, not the retribution of wrong, but the forgiveness of wrong. Now, that's easy for me to say. In this conversation, I'm more closely associated with the ones who have who have been racist in the past, and I, I can't speak as someone who's experienced racism necessarily, though it is notable that Though racism in the U.S. has historically been from whites to blacks, with the CRT movement, we are seeing more and more black to white racism as well. That may very well mean that some of us who are now considered the privileged will soon be the marginalized, and we too will need to learn how to suffer well and learn to forgive. It behooves believers of any skin color to understand God's principle of reconciliation, not by justice, but by mercy. We forgive because we've been forgiven. The Christian church is composed of those who are unified through a common redemption, brought together by the blood of Christ. We are different, yes. We have struggled and suffered, some more than others. But our witness to the world is best when we stand together despite our differences. When we self-destruct from the inside by adopting CRT ideology, a system that divides rather than uniting, we lose that witness. Uh, We lose the witness of standing together even though we are different. We need gospel definitions, gospel solutions, and gospel power. Only in God's gospel can true racial reconciliation be accomplished. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Touchpoints podcast. This podcast is a production of Sword and Trumpet Ministries. For more information, visit swordandtrumpet.org slash podcast or theologicaltouchpoints.com slash podcast. If you have thoughts or questions, you can contact us at podcast at theologicaltouchpoints.com. 
Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it.